When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply, not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon. It is June 3rd, 2022. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast, Friday night edition, AEW Rampage, WWE SmackDown. Breaking news as we go to air, CM Punk needs surgery. He said he was going to wrestle until the wheels fall off. One wheel is currently damaged. He needs to have surgery on his foot. Confusing statement tonight. Made it seem like he wanted to relinquish the title. Tony Khan said, no, this is a bump in the road. Commentary quickly announced that there will be an interim AEW world champion battle royal to uh, the winner of which will face John Moxley next Wednesday on Dynamite, who will go on to compete for the AEW interim world championship at Forbidden Door. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast, joined by NYC Demon Diva Issa and Alfred Kanawa, uh, AEW in your backyard this week. Is there any more details? There were rumors today. CM Punk announced he was going to be addressing the audience on Rampage tonight from Ontario, California. Love their airport. Uh, And speculation all day coming out. People were fearing the worst. Uh, CM Punk looked like he was on the brink of tears for much of the promo. He was literally crying. Yeah, people were afraid uh, he was going to say he was never going to wrestle again. Thankfully, this is going to be surgery he vows to be back better than ever soon not relinquishing the title even though uh chris jericho and commentary which talk about an angle that should be the angle that chris jericho wins the AEW world championship says cm punk relinquished the title no he was there i relinquish it and says i'm the AEW world champion and everyone corrects him and says interim world champion (laughs) just to annoy and piss him off uh any other details? What else do we know, Alfred? Uh, just what you said. CM Punk basically came on. He had announced earlier in the day that he's going to have an announcement, and they were teasing that it could be something. So really, I didn't think it was going to be all that serious, given how the announce team was playing up how it was going to be this announcement, and we don't know what he's going to say, and we don't know what the future of his title run is, but exactly what people have feared is what happened. Um, off-camera notes, I think it's come out now, but I didn't know this was an off-camera segment. After MJF's promo, when people were just going absolutely nuts, the loudest thing I've ever heard, uh, CM Punk did come chasing after MJF, and he was limping badly. And uh, when he went for that stage dive, which is where a lot of people think he suffered that injury, uh, the first spot in that match he did was that springboard that he screwed up. And part of that, you know, even though he's coming off screwing up two buckshot lariats, so part of that is his athleticism. But another part of that is the injury that he seemed to have uh, suffered, that he, he kind of joked and brushed off after the match, and people didn't really think too much of it. But uh, apparently this is going to be the demise of this world title run, although he's not relinquishing the title. We're going to get an interim champion uh, Wednesday on Dynamite. Issa, your reaction? 
yes, yeah, extremely unfortunate. I mean, you know, that Sunday him becoming world champ felt like a weird ending to a weird wrestling fairy tale with all the years that he waited, you know, to come back. Um, when when we heard that he was the one that chased MJF off, um, I wasn't paying attention to the limit. Or it's just right there for them. Um, we weren't made clear what this injury is, what the surgery is, what the what the recovery time is. I feel like this 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 entire announcement just got so confusing. Commentary didn't help it because when no. he got done, I was like, I'm not sure if the title is relinquished or not. Then Jericho goes on to say it twice. Then thankfully Excalibur kind of like cleared things up a little bit and just very curious of who's going to be part of this battle royal and if we're going to use moxley as number one contender because of the rankings are we going to use the rankings as the system to pick who's going to take part in the battle royal like i'm there's i'm sure they're trying to figure it all out as it goes but i have a lot of questions yeah now, they didn't cover this well at all really and they're a little off note. i was a little late to this podcast it was because i was finishing up this emergency article i had to have and really i was going through several different channels to confirm whether or not he had to relinquish the title because like isa said jericho said he had to relinquish it uh excalibur corrected but then he kind of slipped up and so it was very unclear as to what was happening but they did kind of get back on the same page so let me play a uh, journalist for a moment here. Uh, CM Punk was not using a cane or any sort of crutch when he came out to the ring tonight. He did walk out, albeit a bit slow. Um, no visible signs of a cast. Now, a- any medical expert will tell you or any host that just Googled, how long does it take to recover from a foot injury? will tell you the most moderate to severe injury or most minor to moderate injuries will heal within two to four weeks. More severe injuries, such as injuries that need a cast or a splint will need a longer time to heal up to six to eight weeks. And the most serious injuries will need surgery to reduce the bone and allow the ligaments to heal. The healing process can be six to eight months. So anywhere from two weeks probably not that he did say he would need surgery uh so i think it will be a matter of months until cm punk is back and during which time we will have an interim aew world champion yeah and if it's a matter of months i expect it to be on the lighter side uh, definitely not six months i don't think there would be an interim storyline if he's going to be back in six months maybe it'll be a month or two who knows but if they're planning to be without cm punk for a very long time, I don't think that they would have allowed him to keep the title. And and it's really weird, you know, all these parallels that we've been drawing between MJF and CM Punk, yet MJF's pipe bomb promo, just like CM Punk's pipe bomb promo. CM Punk, when he cut that promo, went on to win the WWE Championship as a malcontent. They're opening the door right there. It could be MJF doing that same thing. And in addition, there was an interim championship storyline where it was uh, CM Punk versus John Cena at SummerSlam 2011. Both of them were WWE champions. So it's like kind of checking all those boxes in this direction that AEW wants to go. And I really feel like this is falling into MJF's lap. And I don't think there's any other option other than MJF, to be honest. And that's why I was um, that's why I was very curious in regards to what are we going to use to pick the the people that are going to be in the battle royal? Because if you want to use Moxley as as uh, he's going to get a buy because he's number one contender, the rankings will tell you that MJF is one and four in twenty twenty two. So if we're going to go based on wins and losses, shouldn't be near that battle royal. I can see your connections. Connections breaking up a little bit, Isa. For me, at least. Right. Let me leave and come back. Okay. Yeah, it, um, it, that's a good point, Bryce. It'll be interesting to see if they do, in fact, put the title on MJF the way I think they should. It'll be interesting to see how they justify that with the ratings. 
potentially because this is veered into work shoot territory, this could be the collateral to where MJF says, listen, let me compete for the W title or for the AEW title. If I lose, then I'll leave forever or something like that. But I just think the way the storyline's going uh, is falling into their lap to where I, I really am kind of starting to sense signs that this MJF storyline might be appealing to a niche audience and not really getting every one of AEW's fans. And this title could be the elixir to that storyline. Well, we'll talk about MJF in a minute. I know uh, there's updates with him in the news, and this definitely will affect MJF's storyline, which feels weird to now label it as such. But, um, you know, Enzo Amore taught us back in NXT that just because you're injured doesn't mean you can't bust out a rascal scooter and still appear on air. I think with CM Punk, they're not having him drop the title. Having him be the AEW world champion as a brand ambassador has a lot of value as someone to bring in viewers. I just predicting because he's not dropping it, that he's not going to be off TV for an extended period of time, even if he's not wrestling. I could see that. I could, because his value is definitely talking. I mean, I know he's actually been kind of a workhorse for AEW, considering that he has wrestled uh, several matches on Dynamite on television. Uh, and, but, you know, as a commentator and as a talker, I think that's also the value in CM Punk. And I think he could do that while he's healing. Stellar Justin Lopez, 499 Super Chat. If they're smart, they'll have MJF sneak into the Battle Royal, win it in the face mocks and beat mocks and forbidden door he's the hottest thing going so the actual tweet reading the on-screen graphic battle royal kicks off dynamite on wednesday the winner will face wow. number one contender john moxley in the main event for a shot at the interim aew world championship at forbidden door okay, okay. so I'm not confused. so yeah, okay we're not, not counting any event. champion on dynamite no we get the number one contender who will then face well, John Moxley's number one contender. So the winner of the Battle Royal on Dynamite right. in the main event of Forbidden Door. That's the key. They made it sound like it was the main event of Dynamite. The main event of Forbidden Door is going to be the winner of the Battle Royal against John Moxley for the AEW Interim World Championship. So can they still call it Forbidden Door if it's two AEW guys fighting for this title? Because, you know, well, Tony Khan gets hung up on all these semantics and you can't call your pay-per-view the Forbidden Door if the main event is two AEW guys. So you gotta you gotta change that title. It's gotta be the accepted okay. one. So what if what if MJF wins the battle royal and says, screw you, I'm quitting anyhow, signs a short-term deal with New Japan, and then faces John Moxley and says, I'm not even signed to your roster, but at this, I'm gonna I'm gonna win your world championship. That that'd be great. I think MJF wins that title. He does the blow kiss because they love those WWE references. So he's gonna blow the kiss to Tony Khan. And it might be like how everybody was fantasy booking CM Punk when he won that title. It's like, is he gonna go to ROH? Is he gonna go to New Japan? Well, now they're gonna actually be able to do both of those things because Tony Khan mm-hmm. owns ROH and he works with New Japan. So we could see MJF go from territory to territory as if he had won the belt from AEW and is leaving the territory. I wouldn't be my upset at that. Oh, no, not at all. In fact, my prediction, I don't think they'll put him on air. I think MJF tries to get a crash at WWE event in the audience with the AEW title just to further get the chattering online because he's going there, man, and he has to do something. Yeah. So should we talk to MJF news? We'll come back. Look, we're, CM Punk's going to dominate this podcast tonight. We're going to talk about Rampage first. SmackDown was next to nothing tonight. This was a crap go-home show for Hell in a Cell. AEW between MJF and CM Punk and a really solid rampage in front of a live crowd. Look, 
I'm trying to be as, as fair and balanced. How's that for a term? Uh, when it comes to AEW and WWE in the coverage, but AEW smoked WWE tonight due to real world circumstances, better programming and hot story on this. And even away from the real world circumstances, I thought it had some hot wrestling on this. I thought Kira Hogan yeah. and was lit. I thought that Young Bucks and Lucha Brothers match, they were like competing to have the greatest match in AEW television history. And they came close. It was a Excellent match. And so, you know, hot crowd, live crowd, definitely is a better show. Uh, Man Santu saying the Wrestling Inc. Punk cast. That's right. Hey. That's uh, nice episode. Let's talk about MJF, who cut a promo on air the other night, chewing out Tony Khan, trying to get him in trouble with the Warner Media executives, and telling Tony Khan to fire him. Alfred, have they crossed the line now where disbelief cannot be sustained the way it was when he no showed that meet and greet and booked the plane ticket out of Vegas. No, I, you would think they would. And a lot of people like us who follow this on the day to day basis, kind of, kind of figured out that this is mostly a work, but nobody, nobody except MJF knows when this ended and when the work began. Mm -hmm. MJF and Tony Khan know that. And I don't know if we're ever going to get an answer. Somewhere along the line, I think Tony Khan was forced into this, and so now he's got to be full carny. But I think MJF is going full on with this work. He's, he's really committing to it. AEW is committing to it. One of the stories we have today is AEW unfollowed MJF. They took him off the roster page. They removed his merchandise. So they're really going in on the storyline as if MJF has quit AEW. And I do think, just seeing some of the reaction, that it has fooled some people, but most people understand what's going on that uh, MJF is working with AEW for the time being, but there is still some real life tension between those two sides. Let's give a special shout out to everyone who said Tony Khan would never work the locker room. AEW yeah. would never intentionally no have somebody no show at a meet and greet and hurt the fan. Like, come on, come on. Shout out to this everybody who has Tony Khan saved in their phone as Zaddy. He's not your Zaddy. He was never your Zaddy. He's a carny promoter like them all. I'm not saying this as a hater. Uh, you know, Tony Khan, Vince McMahon, you kind of have to be a, a carny. You know, Matt Hardy, some of the greatest wrestlers are great carnies. And Tony Khan is no different. Issa, how do you feel? Are you disappointed now that it's a little more obvious that, that we're out of the gray area? I'm not. I'm not disappointed. He gave us that promo on Wednesday, and I just can't get enough of that promo. It's, it's, it's why MJF has been my favorite thing on AEW television for a long time. I'm more, again, I told you guys a little bit ago, I just have a lot of questions. It just makes me wonder if this CM Punk getting injured is going to have to end what this possibly could have been a longer-term you know, story with MJF and AEW because, you know, we might have to pull a desperation move with the entering championship here. And if he wins that, you can't not acknowledge him anymore as part of AEW. You know what I mean? So it makes me wonder if they go the MJF route, is that going to end a story that would have, you know, maybe been months in the making all the way to all out? I don't know. Mm. I think this is a blessing in disguise. I'm glad that they're speeding this up because if they would have drawn this work shoot bullshit out for months, this company would go down the cliff. I, I don't know if the company would go out of business, but there is no empirical data that suggests when you do these invasion type reality storylines that over the course of time, it gets better. You know, reality, as I said on Pro Wrestling Bits, is the cocaine of pro wrestling. You can have it for a quick jolt. It's great for a great promo and a great moment here and there. But if you keep doing that cocaine all the way to all out, then you're going to flame out. Uh, so it's good that they're speeding this up to where he wins this world title, hopefully, uh, this coming Wednesday, because 
then you're going to have to start out shooting yourself and it would get into crazy town. It happens every time they do these reality storylines. And it's not going to work without Tony Khan or someone on camera. You can't have this be one-sided MJF versus the system. You know, it just doesn't work. So controversial, I know, but I went back because the MJF promo reminded me of one of my favorite promos of all time. The Miz on Talking Smack responding to Daniel Bryan. And my mind was blown because on that fateful episode back in August of 2016, MJF plays a backstage member of the crew who breaks up a fight between Carmella and Nikki Bella earlier in that episode. Yes, he does. Crazy. So he's former WWE. So Tony, pay him whatever he wants. There you go. Former WWE guy. So he's qualified. My favorite thing about that promo was um, that he started to get that baby face reaction because MJF was stating a lot of facts that a lot of people have been, you know, critical of when it comes to AEW becoming WWE 2.0. So I, I just absolutely love the promo. And it's like, it ranks up there for me already. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, we just saw it. We got to savor it. No, no, no. That's up in my top five, top three, even um, favorite wrestling promos of all time. Yeah, me really? Too. Me too. I, I don't know what top, really? five, top three, but it's up there for me too. He's of in, all yeah. time. Yes, of all and time. part of that for mm-hmm. me is because I was there live. And let me tell you, like the heat that he got was the loudest heel heat I think I've ever heard in a live arena. It was fifteen thousand people just going crazy booing for him. Not me. I was one guy. Me and my brother. We were cheering for MJF. Me. And then when he turned everybody babyface, that was some of the loudest babyface heat I heard. It was like he had just had an awakening, and and all these uh, turncoats. And all these fickle fans went and turned, but me and my brother were the best part of that promo was when I pretended to have a heart attack when he called out those XWB guys. And that's, I think, what started to turn the momentum in his favor to where they're like, wow, Alfred's wilding up there uh, in the 100 Bowl. Uh, let's start cheering for NDF. But it was an incredible promo. It was incredible I, to Glenn, see it live. Glenn, it I just really- want to let you know. I just want to let you know that the reason why it's so high up for me is because we live in a time where it's very hard to work the media, the fans. I think we've seen a lot of promos way back in the day where, you know, you it was a lot easier to get away with working everybody. Right now, you can't. And the fact that we're still sitting here wondering, when did it turn into a work? Is it a work? Is it a shoot in this time and era? It's, I, I, I just give it so much more credit oh. than what it, you know. Storyline and speculation was great, but the second he stepped out there and they announced it, and it was the big deal. It was like he didn't even need to open his mouth. It was like this. Okay, this, this, this. They are in on it. This is all orchestrated. What made Saturday so exciting? Him no showing the meet and greet, the plane ticket out of Vegas, because then you were just like, holy shit, is he just out of here? Is he going to do? He, I mean, even tapping into the Sasha and Naomi situation, like it was brilliant because it seemed so real. But it's it's like the CM Punk's pipe bomb. You don't let somebody go on national television with a mic. I mean, so in in defense of The Miz and his promo on Daniel Bryan talking smack, that felt super real. I think it was super real, you know? But the reason it felt real is because would Vince McMahon let somebody go out there and tear down Daniel Bryan a new one? Absolutely. Vince McMahon was probably cheering. Well, he wasn't watching it live because Vince didn't give a shit about talking smack. But, like, that was an electric real moment. But I do think with the MJF thing, it was a very good promo, but it is a little bit prisoner of the moment. It's kind of like, Stranger Things season four is incredible. And it's use of Kate Bush's running up the hill and the big scene everyone's talking about. It's a really good scene, but everyone's like, oh my God, that's the best TV scene and use of a song and TV or movies of all time. It's like, calm down a little bit. I know you're high because you just watched it. I loved it too. Let's get some perspective. You know, 
I get that, but think about it. NJF has given us the clip of him screaming, you effing mark at his boss on national television that not only will we, I will be using on my live streams moving forward no matter what, but every time that Tony Khan tweets anything, we're going to see that in the replies. Ah, and I, I just live for that. <laughs> no, it was very good. It was very good. Uh, but I think sometimes we, we build ourselves up. Every, everything that we just watched and loved is the greatest ever. No, I know what you're saying, Glenn. There is like prison of the moment stuff, but at the very least, we prayed witness to history. Like this is yes. going to be something people talk about for years. It's going to be very a moment, good. Like where were you? I remember when I watched that CM Punk promo. After I'd seen that, I knew I had watched history and something. I knew where I was. Uh, I was in my living room uh, on the edge of my couch, literally, and I still remember it like it was yesterday. And I knew in that moment, yeah, this is going to be something that people talk about for a long time. But there's nothing as good speculation is speculation is anticipation. I was going to say it's like foreplay, but speculation is anticipation. Is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Saturday night, Issa and I were both in the audience of another wrestling channel's live stream talking about MJF and the speculation. Was it real or not? Wednesday's promo, I went on Twitter. I was like, that was a really good promo. People were like, yeah, that was a good promo. Okay, I don't need to discuss this anymore because it's very clear now that it's part of the show. The speculation, like it... What I was anticipating was good, but the anticipation was way more up in my head than the payoff. Yeah, that, that's a good point. You know, I think a lot of people anticipated him appearing live just based on all the stuff that was going on. Sure. I think people understood that he was going to cut some type of – I think this is exactly what I expected. I'm not going to say whether – you know, I d definitely exceeded my expectations, but this is what I expected him to do, something of a work shoot promo. He's going to have a live mic. And uh, let's get to this other story about MJF in that yeah. Wrestling Observer note, newsletter noted that MJF's promo did not go as planned when it came to AEW officials, which I was very surprised by the thinking there. You would think Tony Khan, you know, younger, kind of more in touch with that type of hardcore audience at a promo like this. I could have told you that this is going to get him cheered saying stuff like this, but apparently... Uh, AEW thought that MJF was going to get booed for doing this. And I understand them thinking that because he has all this heat, he's going to be this big heel, which he's a great heel. But you script him like this, and this is my fundamental problem with why this could have gone into crazy town if we would have waited. You script him like that, he's going to empathize with fans. Fans are going to get on the side immediately if he plays man against the machine. Yeah. Well, that's part of it too, because they thought he was going to get booed, but I don't think they realized that People love, whether it was the pipe bomb, whether it's Howard Stern, like people love watching someone bite the hand that feeds them. Everybody wants to go into their boss's office and tell them to F off and here's everything that's wrong with your business. Like that's probably the common American fantasy that unites us all. Unfortunately, I run my own business. So I have thoughts of going into my own office and telling myself to F off and everything is wrong with my business. But I think most people that work for a living, like that is universal, man. That is gold. Yes. Anyway, and it's not just the boss, it's authority. You know, everybody yeah. has an authority, whether it's your parents, somebody that you feel is holding you down is the reason why you're being held down, justified or not. Yeah, I think unless you're running like the most perfect operation, it's a bad idea to let someone go out there and make points that a lot of people agree with, right? You can't let him go out there and say whatever he wants when you... Um, when, when, when he stated things that made the fans cheer him because they were like, yeah, he's right. The part that I took away from that promo, my favorite thing, and it might come as a shocker, is when he say, 
I'm the only guy that makes you guys feel. And that hit me because it is so right. NJF will make mm -hmm. you feel a certain kind of way. And that is missing in, in professional wrestling today. And I just absolutely <clears throat> love that he said that. Even the, the, the dicks at Tony Khan, the ex-WWE guys, that's the part that made me go back and think and go, who else have made me feel all the emotions going into like watching AEW? CM Punk coming back got me in my feels, but it was because it was a big moment, not because CM Punk got on the mic and did something that made me feel a certain kind of way so i i just absolutely love that but you have to think unless you're running a perfect operation he's gonna come out there and say things that people are gonna agree with oh yeah well everyone wants to fight authority john cougar mellencamp wrote a song about it we all can <laughs> tap into it um but with cm punk what was our number one critique once we got over the goodwill of him coming back to AEW? like i don't like gracious positive phil i want piss and vinegar cm punk you know, I want him and like tonight was very heartfelt and very good, but CM Punk is at his best when he gets to use that, that sharp tongue to cut promos. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's a great talker. So with MJF, I think this is a good angle, but Alfred, I think you are hundred percent right that by putting him in the title picture, they're actually sidestepping any possibility of this getting stale. Which... Thank God. Not only stale getting completely batshit like this, not could have. This was going to go to a very, very weird direction in terms of them. Okay, so we did the shoot promo. Now we have to outdo ourselves. Let's have an on-air booking meeting next week. And so now you have to outdo yourselves. This reality thing, it's good for a little short-term spurt. So the fact that it gets to speed up is going to be good for them because it would have been a nightmare having to try to keep tricking fans. You see all the stuff they're doing by taking his name off the website? And it's cute, but it's like... That builds and builds and builds to where you have to go through desperate lengths. I mean, they already I, no showed a fan fest to try to convince us this is real. What else are they willing to sacrifice to convince this is real? I don't want to play devil's advocate, but I don't like that aspect. I I, I would have rather, and I don't want Tony, God help us. I do not want Tony Khan to become an on-screen, you know, figure for this whole MJF story. But I want them to rub on his face that he's not getting fired. You're stuck here until 2024. So making him disappear, it just goes like, okay, we're just going to give him what he wants. Where if I'm the boss and I'm trying to be petty, I will be like, no, Mofo, you are accounted to us until 2024. <laughs> we're going to make sure you pull through that contract. I will have a job every week. Like I literally will make his life a living hell. But then he wouldn't be the heel. You know, the authority yeah, exactly. would be the heel. But I he think like making him disappear... You know, yeah. following him is not it's not cute. It just sounds like a bad breakup. Isa, I don't want to live in a world where NYC Demon Diva does not advocate for the devil. <laughs> you're right. You're right about that. You're just right. That's out. all I ever do. If you but want who will. Like you could really play it to that point where it's like, don't make him disappear from the website. Don't don't take his merch away. He's stuck with you until 2024 and he hates every second of it. They should, they, that should be a t-shirt. Just be like MJF here till at least January 1st, 2024. <laughs> they should come out with a new t-shirt every day with a countdown. And then like, you know, every day you get a new t-shirt with the number of days that he has left in his contract. You know what they should do is on all the MJF merch, they should stamp big letters on the back property of all elite wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> no royalties. From Incredible. I'll yeah, tell you really one thing. I busted out. I busted out the Burberry scarf from my closet a while back. I've been wearing it when I attend the AEW events. And JF, they have something special there, and they'd be stupid to not pay them in. So yeah. it was suggested in that report from Dave Meltzer of Wrestling Observer that MJF, uh, the storyline involving MJF, Tony Khan, him no-showing, possibly. It's still not known whether or not Tony Khan was in on this no-showing, but it was suggested that 
AEW double or nothing being against an NBA playoff game seven, they were doing this to generate buzz for double or nothing, given that stiff competition. So that suggests that Tony Khan effect wasn't on this. Um, he's not uh, said anything. He's been very quiet. He has not addressed this MJF situation, which will lead you to believe that he is working with MJF, which we know he is now. But very interesting to think that Tony Khan might have been in on this from the start. And what about so, the? Tony... Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Glenn. So what about the MJF uh, meet and greet truthers that are saying there never was a meet and greet? <laughs> I was end. I was just going to say I was going to say Tony Khan says he's not on it. Also, Tony Khan gives MJF a thousand dollars to go make sure he's very seen at the Mandalay Bay <laughs> Casino. <laughs> Here's some gambling money, kid. Go make sure, make sure someone sees you. Damn it, wear the scarf. Wear the scarf. He probably gave him fake money just to go stand there with money and just like pause. Like Tony Khan, the young bucks, the young bucks dollars. They have yeah. a voice still left. It was like uh, the beginning of uh, the very underrated Paul Thomas Anderson movie Hard Eight, where somebody's trying to earn casino comps. Where Tony was like, "Here's a hundred dollars in silver dollars. You do the minimum bet." every time very slowly and just said you may get drinks from the waitress that is fine but you were here to be seen not to actually gamble yeah. <laughs> rumors has it he re he gambled for so long that he has like at least a hundred free nights at the mandalay bay with all the comps that he earned <laughs> oh there you go <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't want to talk about is anything I, else. Is there anything else in wrestling that's as interesting fun. as this? It's, this is no. fun. No. Yeah, this is great. This should be the podcast. We just talked about MJF and CM Punk and Fantasy Book MJF's World Championship reign. Oh, Blue Chew. Oh, cute name like that. Blue Chew saying, Blue "Give Chew. us Blue Chew. Uh, give us Enzo and Cass." Well, Cass is done with Impact Wrestling. Uh, as Brian, I don't even know if we have that in the news. I just saw that story today. So more uh, Morrissey is done with Impact. Enzo is an MLW now, which makes me think I need to start watching MLW. And people are speculating with Cass, could a WWE return be in the cards? I mean, there's going to be, it's not going to be the bidding war of 2024, but I expect something of a bidding war, if, even if it's a tug of war, if they're just kind of pulling and pushing between them. Hey, we'll give you a thousand. No, we'll give you a thousand. So like, I know WWE was very impressed with Cass when he came in and I, I was too. I thought he looked great against Wardlow and he worked in AEW. So, you know, there's interest there. It'd be interesting. You know, I, I would like to see him possibly get a WWE run because they do have so much issues with depth and AEW seems like they have the opposite issues where they have too many guys in line. So I would actually prefer to see Cass go to WWE. How about you, Issa? I, yeah, I yeah, I know that he's come overcome a lot of issues, a lot of personal demons. So I want nothing but the best stuff for him. I'm, I'm, I see him now and he just seems like He's ready for whatever they have for him. He could be a main guy. I would love to see him in either or, but I, I would prefer WWE for him as well. Yeah, I think it'd be good. Hey, the Enzo and Cass story just needs a happy, happy ending, a comeback story, right? Yeah. I mean, it's all there. So what else we got in the news? Well, to the MJF front, maybe to put a button in this, the viewership did come out. It was the highest viewership since April in terms of overall viewership, highest 18 to 49 since March, 969,000 viewers. What were your guys' thoughts on the uh, viewership for this AEW Dynamite in Inglewood, California, starting with you, Glenn? Um, why would they have MJF no show and meet and greet? Oh, I don't know. Double or nothing was like the biggest buy rate of a pay-per-view AEW's ever had 
View numbers were up. What did they eat? Maybe worst case scenario, a couple grand on that meet and greet. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, come on. This got us all watching, which is crazy too. Then this is, this is the argument for the interim world championship. CM Punk is the goddamn AEW world champion going into Sunday night. MJF is all anyone was talking about Wednesday night. MJF is all anyone's talking about like CM Punk's good, but man, you gotta, you gotta give it up for the kid, you know? Yeah. And it's very interesting. This business rewards carnism and kind of scumbags. And you look at the situation. Had MJF just gone in and done the job to Wardlow the way that it was expected to happen, he's the last person anybody's talking about, about being a contender. Like, no, MJF just got squashed by Wardlow and powerbombed 10 times. No, he doesn't deserve to be world champion. But because he allegedly went into business for himself and did the selfish act, now here we are. The title's up for grabs, and he's got to win that title. So... Listen, I know it might be nefarious means, but this is a wrestling business. Just like I was calling Tony Khan a carny, it's kind of a backwards world that does reward that kind of underhanded behavior. It just, you can't do it again, though. That's the problem. They can't go back to this well repeatedly. Yeah. My favorite thing about the, I saw the WrestleNomics um, report on the viewership, and my favorite thing is that it even went up halfway through the promo. Like, literally, it changed by thousands within minutes of him starting talking, which is where you can see people were like, you gotta turn this shit on right now. So, I'm, I'm very happy. I knew that segment would be talked about. It's funny because they never mentioned it again on commentary. The, it, All Elite did not put it on their YouTube. They didn't mention it on... Um, on their social medias. They were copyright striking people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anybody that reposted it on Twitter were getting copyright strikes for reposting it. So the fact that, you know, if you didn't watch live or DVR, you might not see it. And it's still the thing that we're talking about Friday. Props to him. Yeah, and the corner yeah. I was very fascinating because the high point of this show when it went over a million was when MJF was in the ring. The first six minutes of that promo, I believe it was a million sixty nine. So that was the highest point of the night. And it was very early on uh, in quarter two. And then uh, for the final three minutes of this promo uh, and a bunch of other segments, which included a commercial break, um, uh, included uh, Miro and Johnny Ely, it dropped like a brick it, it went down about 16 percent 19 percent 18 49 very very interesting so either during his promo or the tail end of the promo people are tuning out or maybe they just saw the promo and they decided okay I, i've seen enough for mjf and they tune out. both of those things are bad for aew especially oh, yeah. they're positioning him as the guy who's against the company then it's like well screw aew i'll watch it mjf and then i won't watch anybody else or maybe they're just confused with the storyline and they're like i'm done with this whole work shoot we're going to have to, we would have had the scene over a course of weeks, but hopefully they speed this up and, yeah. and I don't know if we'll be able to know. After you know, that, while you, I'll go for it, Issa, sorry. No, I was just going to say, while you're talking about what happened right after NJF, I was curious if anybody has warned God, because Miro is going to fight <laughs> God. So I, I feel like somebody needs to let God know that Miro is after him. <laughs> oh, oh, Miro's coming for God. He's coming for that top spot. I watched the Miro. That's literally what he said. Yeah. <laughs> I watched Miro and Johnny Lee, and then I was like, we got to finish the new season of Stranger Things. Like, it was just like, it was like, I'm not covering this tonight. Good promo, but no, I got I got bigger things going on. Do you think this Miro storyline will pay off with Miro in a handicap match against God, as in the Gorillas of Destiny from New Japan at the Forbidden Door? Oh, that's good. I like that. I love that, actually. I hadn't thought Long-term about it. Story. Good job, Alfred. Shout Long-term out to Inglewood. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Inglewood. Oh, they said Ontario. But by the way, I didn't see the broadcast. Did they say Inglewood one time on that broadcast? No. Those rotten carnies. Inglewood, California. And, and they said Ontario over and over and over. Like, Ontario is a big deal. 
Who well, they were trying to happen in Ontario. Uh, there's an Applebee's and an airport. Oh, well, that's nice. It's good to have an Applebee's. Inglewood, California. You know what I was hoping is they opened the show and then they had the ass boys do that gimmick where it's like Sacramento, boo. And then the other guy goes, San Diego, boo. And then when Bowen said Los Angeles, I was praying that crowd would be like, boo, you're in Inglewood. But no, they've been brainwashed well, too. As Dan points out, Inglewood is always up to no good. Always up to no good. Let them know. Uh, so a couple super chats from the tornado Anthony Y hey. asking me to appreciate the tornado. Hey. They'll the pronounce tornado. they'll pronounce the name of what is it, Kansas? They'll pronounce the name correctly or the tornado on June 13th will have something to say about it. Let me tell you. Tornado's gonna kick that forbidden door. That really sounds weird out of context. Uh hand the tornado saying 13 weeks of the JAS next Wednesday. The true goat of all sports entertainers appreciate us and tornado will follow brick road threat level nine breaking news it's all kinds of breaking news in this podcast the latest news is that the tornado is up to a threat level nine do you know what that means do you know how scared roman reigns is going to stay away from WWE, knowing how high that threat level is the tornado got roman reigns to take a break before uh, he even got to 10 that's how scary this tornado is and now also her- shout out to stellar Justin Lopez, who I saw him in Inglewood at the corner bar. We had a drink. Uh, oh, nice. So that is her- the official bar of WWE. Hurricanes use the F system, the F numbering, the F1, F2, F3, or F5. DEFCON, strangely, DEFCON 1 is more dangerous than DEFCON 5. It goes down. Mm. It's very interesting. So very we're about DEFCON 1.5 of Anthony. I mean, this tornado is ready to spin. Grant Yenny, $2. It's like when WWE calls New Jersey NYC. I yeah, mean, always. You know, no, no, the, the like stadium is in, in the swamps in New Jersey. That's not New York. Yeah, I thought AEW is supposed to be the honest company. You're in Inglewood, say you're in Inglewood. There's not nearly as enough cocaine and sexual assault for it to be Los Angeles. It's Inglewood, okay? It's a, it's Inglewood, California. Any no other news? Couches, no more news, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, and that's not in LA, that's in Hollywood. I mean. Oh, it's in LA too. <laughs> LA be wildin'. Let's try. I guess Paramount's technically in Los Angeles. Yeah. Ah, okay. That's the news. Take a beat. Take a breath. I love all the love for Inglewood in the chat, by the way. They know what's up. Inglewood is so much cool. Inglewood's going to be like what Brooklyn is right now, where it's like the heart of New York City, Barclays. Everybody loves saying Brooklyn. Before, people were so scared of saying Brooklyn because Biggie said really? it. But now, Inglewood, five years. Give it five years. They'll be saying Inglewood like nobody's business. The evolution of Brooklyn is very interesting. I mean, you used to be a it predominantly is. Jewish and Italian neighborhood that was, I mean, almost like fetishized culturally for so much and then it became just an epicenter for hip-hop it's interesting to see uh and now just completely gentrified yeah and that's what's happening slowly but you know i'm not a fan of gentrification but they're kind of doing it the right way it's still a black city still a lot of black leadership so i trust in the black leadership in inglewood which is why i ride by the for way i'm oh, sorry no go ahead that's why i ride no. for them by the way, a shout out to the person in the YouTube comments on Wednesday. They said, for a person that seems as cheap as Glenn does, he's really uh, downplaying MJF no showing a meet and greet. And I'm like, good <laughs> Lord, tell me you're anti Semitic without telling me you're anti Semitic. Seems oh, cheap. Like, yeah, terrible. That's, we got to get these people out of this wrestling fan base. So, uh, Tornado saying uh, the Tornado might be elite. Uh-oh. And uh, Stellar Justin Lopez, shout out to Inglewood. 
Hey, we had a good time at the corner bar. When WrestleMania comes here, I told the management, like, hey, man, because they were surprised at all these wrestling fans and people who came in here. I said, hey, you want wrestling fans to come in here? You play wrestling music after WrestleMania, and they'll stay here forever. Yep. It, the right. corner bar will be the official bar of WrestleMania 39. Turn your studios. Ask if we watch Snowfall on FX. That's about the history of crack cocaine in uh, the Los Angeles metro area. Freeway Ricky Ross, right? Mm-hmm. That's what that is based on. I haven't seen it yet, but I hear great things and I plan to. There's too much TV, man. Like, there's just too much television. And it's not helping wrestling because you got unlimited options in terms of stuff you can watch now. It's kind of nuts. Yeah. Kind of nuts. So let's talk about Rampage first. Since we're talking about the AE dubs so much, we open tonight. Banger of a match. Young Bucks wow. versus the Lucha Brothers tonight in uh, the Young Bucks hometown of Ontario, California. Maybe if an AEW wrestler was from Inglewood, Alfred, they would put that over a bit more. Yeah, maybe they would. Maybe they would celebrate it a little more as they should, but we're going to have to wait for another year. Yes. Uh, Issa, what'd you think of this opening match? I love this match so much. I I always go back and think of their steel cage match at All Out and how much I just love that match. At one point, I was screaming, just give them the whole hour. Just let them wrestle the whole entire Rampage hour, and I wouldn't care. There was so many false finishes where I thought that uh, the other team was going to win, and at one point, I thought that Phoenix and and Penta were going to take it, and I'm like, don't do this to the young bucks in their horns. I'm like, don't do this to them. This was incredible, and I, I... Legit could watch these two teams wrestle forever. This is a literally fight forever case. Yeah, I yeah. too. I was fooled a couple of times that the Young Bucks might do the job here. And I just thought this is an incredible match. I thought, you know, Nick Jackson and Phoenix had several really incredible sequences. And everybody else involved, obviously, was good. AEW goes to that mask well one too many times. They love that finish where you take off the mask. But this was still a great, this was a great match. I was, I was saying on my live stream, because I did a watch alone, cheap plug, that they should have a gimmick in which a wrestler is like, turns you into stone when you remove the mask. Or maybe he's so ugly <laughs> that nobody, no, no. Or like, he's really ugly, like his face is burning this figure, like Barry Jason from Friday the 13th. So somebody does it and they just get so scared that nobody ever takes off the mask again. Like, why haven't we done this already? <laughs> like a I Phantom like of the Opera gimmick. Yeah. I like that. There you go. I uh, know this was a great match to open the show. I mean, these guys have wrestled before. This was a lot of fun. Um, and the Young Bucks getting the win in their hometown. Their gear was on point. Yeah, California flag. I like it. Yep. Good. Uh, I'm like, why am I so full of energy tonight? Not a sponsor, but people are really liking, you know, since I've been doing this diet, I've been discovering a lot of different foods, trying to uh, change things up satisfy cravings and find ways to just not eat so damn much or eat more of the right things and treat myself. Got to give a shout out to Koyo sparkling brain energy drink. Had this healthy soda, apricot vanilla, super duper delicious, uh, relatively low in calories, but MCT oil, medium chain triglycerides, natural caffeine, B12. I was trying to figure out, I feel bad. I was talking over uh, both of you tonight and I'm like, oh, I had this before I went on. I'm like, this is why I'm feeling this burst of energy right now. I picked this up at Sprouts. Highly recommend this. Super, super tasty. Apricot vanilla. Oh, apricot. Well, apricot vanilla. I had a black raspberry 
as well. It was very good. And yeah, I'm going to try them all now. These sodas, like the Olipop that I've recommended, I give them tweets for people like, oh, I'm going to pick up some Olipop. I'm going to pick up some Lemon Perfect. I love this stuff because, I mean, this is like five calories and Olipop is like grape soda that's 40 calories and like no sugar whenever you're gonna, ever going to have that. Um, I mean, so, you know, Olipop stuff like this, I mean, it's like 250 a can, but this is, I mean, this is a snack. This is, you know, a snack replacement to satisfy a craving and urge. I'm really digging it, but yeah, I'm like wired now. I'm going to be up for a bit because I'm just feeling it, you know? Sounds good. If anybody wants to know where my energy comes from, it's rum. Straight up rum. Malibu, <laughs> <a> party. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> just what about rum there, and the, like Kairos? What about what I'm mixing Koyos. with alcohol? Koyos. Yeah, Ooh. that could work. This MCT oil with the medium chain triglycerides really helps a lot with digestion and brain function. I used to do it with coconut oil, but coconut oil is like all saturated fat. So they have like powder. I have powder that I put in my coffee in the morning and it's been good. I've been feeling been feeling good lately. Not only have I been losing weight, but I feel like I have more energy because I think I'm my supplement game is probably excessive right now. And I'm just peeing it all out. <laughs> you know? Well, that's good. That's the best part. That's a treat for you. Oh, well, it really is. Uh, Tornado Anthony Y, $4.99. Anthony, you're just putting oh, Raj's no. kids through college. On this past Monday, Justin Labar said, who the hell is the tornado? Oh, well, no. Justin, you will find out soon. Hear my roar. Tornado 613. Hey, hey, Justin, I love the tornado. Justin's my guy, man. I, I got to warn him, okay? That's, been, that's, that's my day one. I got to text Justin right now and say that he's in danger. He's got he's to batten down the hatches. He's got to lock his doors. Texting him right now. Now, Sky High is saying just get on a probiotic. I've been taking a probiotic and a prebiotic. Some of these sodas, like Olipop, is a prebiotic. I have learned don't drink too much prebiotic anything in the probiotics. Like you gotta gotta rein that in. You gotta limit it, or else you're gonna you're gonna pay oh, in the biotics. worst possible way. Yes. So after this first match, we had Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks versus opponents with no name. Good showcase. I was I was hoping for Ricky Starks to do his uh, rope walk, which was one of my top five favorite moments of Double or Nothing. Was Ricky Starks walking on the rope yeah. and uh, air thrusting toward Jungle Boy's mother? That guy's so charismatic. Uh, he really needs to do that. Maybe not every single match, but that should be a staple. I think it was just immediately overshadowed by Kira Hogan with Jade Cargill, Red Velvet, and Stokely Hathaway versus Athena, the former Ember Moon, making her AEW debut. Issa, what did you think of this match? I don't know how I feel about this match. <laughs> I thought Athena looked great, but I thought on the beginning of the match, they were not on the same page. And it wasn't, I don't know, it felt like they were hesitating before they hit every move. And it kind of it kind of threw me off. Maybe it's their first time working together. It felt like the chemistry was not 100% there. I did think it picked up towards the end. And it was a good showing for Kira towards the end. But in the beginning, I could see them hesitating before they hit their moves. That's okay. I'm happy to see Athena get that move. I'm happy to see the finisher. Did I miss the name of the finisher? Because I've been curious about what they're going to call it in AEW. And I didn't hear anybody mention what the name of the finisher is. I believe they did, but I forgot. If anybody in the chat knows, I think Excalibur did say it and i remember having a reaction to it but i forgot now yeah because i know it's not gonna be the eclipse so i was like trying to listen for it but i i must have missed it if they mentioned it but it's good to see athena here is jay cargill looks like a million dollars even just sitting there i also like want to point out how important jay cargill is that she actually got chairs brought out to her to put by the ring where they made jungle boy luchasaurus and the hardies just go out to the crowd to watch the tag team <laughs> match 
the, the, the baddies got their own sitting. They didn't let him go out into the crowd. I appreciated that touch. Oh, it's so, VIP 24-7 with the baddies. So, Alfred, do you think the story is going to be that Athena one by one uh, challenges Jade's crew mm-hmm. and then ultimately loses against Jade for the, TN, uh, the TBS title? Yes, that's where I think they're going. And I'll admit, I'm with you, Isa. I was disappointed with this match because on paper, you told me Ember Moon versus Kira Hogan. Hell yeah. I've seen Kira Hogan a couple times live and she's excellent. She's one of those wrestlers where when you see her live, she can get any crowd on her side. She's a very, very good worker. And I thought this was going to be, you know, obviously it's going to be hard to follow the opener, but I thought it was going to be a really excellent match. And I can't say it was an excellent match. There will be better days. We saw the same dynamic play out between Britt Baker and Tony Storm, two very good workers who just don't have that chemistry. And I don't think they've gotten there yet. Uh, But I like the story that they're telling with Athena potentially chasing Jade. And I like that Jade was selling that she's a little nervous. She never does that for anybody to where usually her character is just unbothered while Mark Sterling is the one doing all the worrying. But she actually, you could tell she legit respects her sister there in Athena. She was actually selling that, oh, God, this girl might beat her, beat me. So it was cool to see. Can we talk a little bit about the Thunder Rosa situation? Yeah, what she said she was frustrated. Is that what this is? Yeah, I mean, it's. For all these stories, I mean, it's but it's crazy. My wife and I were talking about this. I mean, of course, we're big fans of women's wrestling, and we want to see the AEW women's division do better. And so here you have Jade, who has yeah this this incredible money look, and with the secondary title, gets treated like one of the top stars in the company. Definitely the biggest women's star in the company, even more so than Britt Baker, I would argue. Um, in terms of push, airtime, prominent matches, and uh, the way that they're you know, just giving her a platform. Thunder Rosa beat Britt Baker for the AEW Women's Championship. And I feel like we never see her. They barely talk about her. It's very weird that it's become this MIA title. Yeah, I can't blame Thunder Rosa for feeling any frustrated. Um, I, I, I understand that she was pulled from Wednesday and tonight because of an unknown illness. But you could have given a video package. You could have acknowledged because their match was so well received on Sunday. I personally mm-hmm. thought they killed right. it. And that mm-hmm. turned the show around for me, if I'm being honest. That first three hours were not it for me. And it was when Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeps came out and the anarchy in the arena and what followed, what turned the show around for me. And I do think she deserves a lot more acknowledgement. She has taken a backseat since the moment she won that title. So I can't blame her for being, you know, frustrated. I, I, I hope that this changes the direction of how they're booking her. But I mean, if you look at the rankings right now, number one is Nyla Rose. She already feuded with Nyla Rose. If you look up and down that women's division, they haven't built anybody up to take on Thunder Rosa next. The celebratory um, ceremonial and very important Owen Hart championship is more important than the AEW women's championship. It seems like right now, because of, you know, Britt Baker has it and I don't blame Thunder Rosa at all. And the match that she had against Serena Deeb was a very, very excellent match. And it just kind of goes to show in some of the frustration that I think she should have. And a lot of women should have in that, you know, it's kind of a theme where women's wrestling segments don't draw very well. There's not a lot of women characters who connect with people. And that's all on the booking. These women are talented as you saw, with Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb, a lot of these shortcomings with the women's division are not the fault of the talent. 
whether it's NXT, whether it's AEW, there's a lot of talented women wrestlers, as we've seen, who can have great pay-per-view matches, but they would mean so more, much more if this industry knew how to book them and knew how to actually be consistent with more than just Britt Baker. And I would be furious if I was Thunder Rosa because, you know, as I said, I had an existential crisis watching how this storyline was booked. And so I can only imagine how Thunder Rosa felt being booked the way she is. It's really crazy. Yeah, and to Thunder Rosa's, um, just because I still can't believe that AW didn't mention it in her um, double or nothing gear, she she was paying homage to Ubaldi and the tragedy that happened there. And if you go in mm. her social media right now, they are auctioning that gear and right. all the funds are going to go towards helping the family. So I retweeted her tweet. You guys can go into her social media and retweet. I think that is an incredible cause. So even just mentioning that would have probably been a big deal. This happened very close to where her hometown is. So I, I thought that they could have, you know, I think he mentioned it on Busted Open Radio. It would have been nice for AW to give her extra push for this amazing thing that she's doing for these families. Yeah. She rides hard for Texas, man. Yeah, definitely. That's great. That's um, great. Yeah, I'll definitely retweet that. I think everybody in the chat should retweet it too. Julia Hart has joined the House of Black. Okay, so hear me out. I know there's a lot of comparison between the fans about House of Black and Judgment Day. So are they like playing along with it? Because Malachi Black said, members of House of Black, please rise. And I know that Damien Priest have been saying, oh, rise when Judgment Day comes out. So now I feel like I'm getting trolled. That's all. <laughs> I won't believe that they're trolling us until Malachi Black shaves his head and cuts his hair off the way Edge did. Then I'll think, okay, what's going on here? No, I think I think if we want to show some real commitment to House of Black, we need to tattoo Buddy up. Yeah, he's so I love Buddy Matthews, and I think he's just looked great. But he's a fish out of water in the stable. And even Brody King has had some interviews where he's said that they've had to kind of smarten him up and bring him up to the occult. And he clearly he's this bodybuilding guy. He doesn't have any tattoos. He does not look. He looks like the jock who's forced to hang out with him because he's at summer camp. <laughs> yep. So CM Punk's promo came out to the ring, uh, walking a little slow commentary was talking about his announcement we were speculating tears welling building in his eyes he said good news and bad news he's going to be here till the wheels fall off one wheel needs some repair said he wanted to relinquish the title tony khan said no this is just a bump in the road chris jericho on commentary then said he relinquished the title <laughs> they quickly after commercial said oh no no no, no. there's gonna be an interim title so battle royal wednesday on dynamite for number one contender, that number one contender is going to face John Moxley at Forbidden Door for the interim AEW championship. If you're tuning in late, we covered this at the beginning of the podcast. Again, AEW, man, I feel bad for CM Punk right now that he needs surgery, but I actually feel worse for WWE that Hell in a Cell weekend and NXT in your house tomorrow night and all, all the wrestling world is talking about is CM Punk and MJF. It's a lot more interesting, the, the product that they're going to put for us this weekend. So, Yeah, that's why you can't feel bad for WWE. That's what happens when your product is cold. And they've now gone past the statute of limitations for this post-WrestleMania lull, which is still going on. They're still running back all these feuds. It still feels very stale. It still feels like they're chasing that WrestleMania buzz. Like, they've got to reset. And I feel like they have not gone in different directions with their top acts the way they should. A lot of it is 
seems like it's on pause while they're trying to figure out what to do with a lot of their top guys, uh, with the exception of like Cody and Seth, I think are doing a good job, but they really need to come up with something to get some buzz going because AEW is kicking their ass in buzz right now. Whether it's something that AEW planned or not, there's a lot of things that have happened for AEW, whether it's MJF, whether it's CM Punk's injury, which is unfortunate, but they're commanding the real estate when it comes to these headlines. Like WWE had Sasha Naomi, which is a real life thing that happened, but that kind of became fleeting because of MJF and everything that's happened since yeah i mean wwe probably now in hindsight wishes they would have treated the sasha and naomi thing more like a storyline hey you want a headline pay sasha banks and naomi you pay them big contracts nobody's talking about mjf you give each of those queens 10 million dollars have them come in there and win the tag team titles back that's true um it's interesting stoney saying they need to push eddie kingston as champion i would have thought eddie kingston was the heir apparent to the AEW championship friday night as i went to sleep Saturday, that all changed. You didn't think that on Sunday when he came out looking like a gangster with a gas can all bloody. I, a man that will waste gas like that, as expensive as gas is right now, I, listen, I'm, I'm in, I'm in. Hey, Randy Orton actually set Bray Wyatt on fire. You know, I like right, Brian, Brian Danielson stopped him from doing that. That was his intention. By the way, nobody has spoken about the fact that CM Punk stole one of Brian's t-shirts tonight. It was very clear. Yeah. And he was like, it was gimmick infreshment 100%, Huge. but because, you know, he had an announcement, nobody's really talking about it. That was a Brian Danielson shirt that he wore. Just like he wore that Stone Cold shirt during his pipe bomb promo. Now he's wearing a Brian Danielson shirt during his injury promo. He's he's stealing from everybody. Uh, David Montalvo Shame. liked Caster's uh, bars on Dynamite on Wednesday. Yes. Oh, they're great. The more topical Caster is, the more people talk about it. Yeah, and he's always topical. Every week he'll say whatever the big news story is. So Amber Heard, you know, you knew you were getting Amber Heard bars. It was good. It was not as good as his freestyle against um, Dante from Rampage, but it was still good. He's like the Jay Leno of hip-hop, just working in those headlines and those yeah. topical jokes. <laughs> he goes to Burbank every weekend to try him out right before he goes out there. Hermosa Beach, right? Yeah. Is it a comedy he magic club in Hermosa Beach? Yeah, but that shut down. They wouldn't book me, so they shut them down. Really? That's what happens when you don't book Alfred Kunnel, is that you, you get shut down. But shout out to Comedy of Magic. I went to one of those Sunday shows like in 96, and it was actually kind of, it was, it was kind of awkward, Leno just doing monologue jokes yeah. for half an hour. Leno goes to Flappers now in Burbank. That's where he, because now that Comedy Magic is gone, he's there in Flappers. And doing the same thing, going out there, trying out his headline jokes. He's still Jay Leno. There you go. Uh, so people are like, why the fuck are you talking about Jalen on the night? These are the twists and turns. We look, you can get other podcasts where people will just sit there and be a hundred percent on topic to wrestling and drive it into the ground. But like to mix things up a little bit. And from what I remember, Jay Jay Leno headlined a wrestling pay-per-view. How many wrestling pay-per-view have you people in the chat headlined? Do you know that Jay Leno owns one of the Knight Riders original kit cars? I no. think that's badass. I think that's I think badass. Jay Leno owns my car. He's got yeah, like but a, a night rider one, you know, like I know there was like eight or nine kids, and I always just wanted to just see if he'll talk to me. So I'm gonna have to visit Jay Leno at some point. <laughs> Terry Allen Jr., two dollars and four cents. Hawaii Arena for AEW is new and intriguing. Well, I like that. A little pageantry. That would be that'd be fun. If they, especially if they decorated it up and they did it to make you know that they were in Hawaii, that'd be a fun show. Like when Growing Pains went to Hawaii? Yeah. Didn't the Brady's go to Hawaii and they had the, Brady's tiki? the tiki curse? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Didn't they say that's when they jumped the shark? 
Well, no, well, I mean, Basically. arguably. Now, now the Fonz actually, when the Fonz jumped the shark, literally, that was in Southern California. No. Not a good episode. I think the Happy Days jumped the shark long before that. Anyhow, let's talk about the match that had the unfortunate circumstance of following that CM Punk promo. Uh, which was Dante Martin with Matt Seidel versus Scorpio Sky with Ethan Page and Dan Lambert. And, you know, I didn't even notice Dan Lambert tonight, so that's a win. <laughs> uh, but Scorpio Sky retained. Alfred, what did you think of this match? I thought it was a fine match. Yeah, listen, if we're going to shoot here, I was racing to cover this emergency CM Punk storyline that they just sprang on us that I had to have ready uh, for Forbes. But you know, check it out on Forbes right now. I think I did a good job under the circumstances. But it was a good match. I was trying to support my brothers. It looked like Scorpio might have actually gotten legit injured or he's oh, just shit. a great seller, which he is. But uh, I thought it was a good match from what I saw. Dante Martin looked great. It was exactly what I expected in that Dante would get a bunch of hope spots. And they would really showcase yeah. him as somebody who's close but no cigar. Similar to what they did with Daniel Garcia this past Wednesday. Yeah. Issa, what would you think? Yeah, I thought it was a fun match. Dante is incredible. I wish he had a little bit of of charisma to go with what he can do in the ring. I never thought that he was going to beat Scorpio Sky tonight, but I did know we were in for a fun match. I'm here for Scorpio maybe wrestling at every show that he possibly can and elevating the TNT title again. There's a lot of names out there that that, that you know you can really put him against right now. So overall, fun main event. And I, I just every time I see Dante wrestle, he's, he's so good, but he does need to win at some point because all he does is like put on amazing matches, do great spot, and then loses. So yeah. that's why going into the match i was like yeah he's not winning but we're gonna have fun watching it yeah it was a good main event but man it's it's when news is breaking like that and commentary is trying to quickly explain what's going to happen i mean that's that was a bad slot to be in tonight oh i agree there was a couple of times that i'm actually paying attention to the match and then jericho mentions twice in a row the title is relinquished so i'm scrolling yeah. through twitter refreshing trying to figure out if it relinquished is enough so i will say yeah they had they were unfortunate to not have probably our, nobody's like 100 attention on the match they should I, I know they're opening dynamite with this on wednesday this should actually be the main event of dynamite because i want every entrant in that battle royal to cut a promo throughout the show oh. and comment on the situation that'd be such a good character building moment scorpio Unless sky kyle o'reilly's in the match if kyle o'reilly's yeah. in the match <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a big black hole if he does it. But I like that idea, Glenn. I actually love that idea because at the same time, you would be building these characters who may not necessarily win, but at least people are going to know who they are, what their motivations are. And another reason I actually want MJF to win that world title, because if MJF does become AEW world champion, they better recognize number one contender immediately is Captain Sean Dean, who's beaten MJF twice. He's number one contender. So we need Sean Dean versus MJF for that world title. And Sean Dean should win that match. So they didn't say a casino battle royal. So I don't think we're gonna have a joker. Maybe we'll have a surprise debut. But here's what they do should do for the promo, Alfred. They should get Max Caster out there. And much like uh the underrated Spike Lee film Get on the Bus, they should do a roll call and everyone has to drop some bars to introduce themselves and say something about themselves in verse. I love it. I would love it. I want to see Moxley's bars. You think Moxley would rap? My name is Moxley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that'd be amazing it'd be so good that's my favorite part to get on the bus i've watched that say that's on the soundtrack to get on the bus oh yeah <laughs> the entire roll call segment love that 
so good. When I saw the coup live, the coup did that. That's how they introduced the band. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. We need That's that. So funny. We absolutely need that. <laughs> they have to do it now. You know, him saying my name is Mox, that would be it. He'd just say, my name <laughs> is Mox. Yeah. And then that's it. He's not giving you anything else. Ah, uh, petition for that. We want roll call led by Max Caster. And MJF will just sit there and give a disproving look the whole time. It'd be very interesting dynamic in the locker room, though, because, you know, there are people who are pissed that MJF left them holding the bag. And now he's not only being rewarded with a big push, but with that title, it's going to lead to a very interesting backstage environment. Welcome to professional wrestling, Tony Khan. Yes. So. Yeah, but it sounds like a mix. Like, like, okay, so are you mad at him? Are you if you're an AEW day one, wouldn't you be happy that somebody started a movement to get more recognition? You know what I mean? Like, it feels Mm -hmm. like confusing what what are they mad about like do what he does then you know yeah well we shall see uh nxt in your house is tomorrow night we're going to be covering that live oh poor nxt in your house happening between tonight and hell in a cell on sunday but we will be here right when it goes off the air to talk about nxt 2.0 a pay-per-view relatively thrown together where Titles probably aren't likely to change hands. But Joe Gacy's been doing all that press. We could have NXT 2.0 champion Joe Gacy. Please it's not going to happen, yeah. But anything can happen. I wouldn't be surprised with whatever happened. NXT is just all over the place right now, so why not? Steve Marcuccioli, Buck 99. MJF versus Miz will be interesting in 2024. Hey, they have to do that match. Some point. I want to see MJF um, and Kevin Owens in a promo like battle. Yes. Hell in a Cell Sunday night. Wrestling will have all the coverage after the show goes off the air. So here's the deal with SmackDown. I know there's some WWE diehards in our audience, but look, let's be real. I like WWE. I prefer, I prefer the WWE shows. I like AEW. I'm excited by it. It's got that newness factor, but WWE is my steady for the most part. NXT really is, but uh, SmackDown, I enjoy watching it. It's good. But tonight, tonight was nothing special. No, we didn't really have much all. going on tonight. Um, so, so if you love the Brawling Brutes versus Drew Day last week, they had a rematch tonight. Brawling Brutes won. Drew Day won last week. It's not so much 50-50 booking. It's just that one week, one team wins, and the next week, they lose. <laughs> not 50 50 at all no it's just they alternate you know i will say my takeaway from this is drew mcintyre seems to be having so much fun with the new day it's a very similar dynamic to how the acclaimed made the ass boys cool the new day is having that effect on drew mcintyre i thought he was actually pretty funny telling all those dick jokes early on and seemed like over the moon to be getting those kilts with the big d kilt so they're kind of funny together but these Brawling boots matches needed to stop. What? David Montalvo, $2. (laughs) Rest in peace to Ricochet next week. And Sami Zayn is my favorite ooze. That was the best part of the night. Yeah. Great ooze, Sami Zayn. He might become the new tribal chief. I mean, he's he's really going up the ranks there. Please stop. He said, who's in the brawling boots? What's his name? Butch. Oh man, I'm so over this field. I'm so over this field. I'm sorry. I I don't think that Drew McIntyre looks any cool, like with the new day at all. It actually just 
if not doing it for me, that the sword has to go. Uh, bless <laughs> Xavier Woods' heart for saying that T-shirt goes hard. Yeah, hard into the trash can, kneel to the steel. What is that? Like, no, this whole thing is garbage. They've been feuding since before WrestleMania. I am over it. Well, if that didn't excite you, Max Dupree will be announcing his first signing to Maximum Male Models next week. He said it was a single, but I'm telling you, Pretty Deadly could drop those NXT tag titles tomorrow. Who better than to be the faces of Maximum Male Models? It'd be interesting. I think it's going to be the only one. Uh, am I the only one who watches him and just want to slap him for getting so close to Adam Pierce's face? Like, does he not know what social distancing means? Like, he is way up there. <laughs> He's a close talker. Yeah. Excited about this? What, you think it's going to be Mace? Yeah, that's what they were working out on the live events in that main event. But if they're really building it up, it would be, with all due respect to Mace, it would be pretty let down, pretty much a letdown if they just rolled out Mace with all this fanfare. Should be Otis. I should think be Tyler Breeze. Good. Yeah, it should be Tyler Breeze. A thousand Tyler Breeze. I mean, Dango's making too much money flipping houses right now, I'm sure. But Tyler Breeze was on up, up, down, down. I think it could be Tyler Breeze, actually. I think that is not the dumbest idea. It just I just feel like it's gonna be somebody who maybe is young, up and coming, that they are really behind, that they wanna Mace? get behind them and, and and tell you that this is a good looking person. Maybe not necessarily Mace. I think Mace, I just say Mace because that's who he's been teaming with on the live events. But if they're building this up, I think it's gonna be something one of those chosen one situations where it's somebody who Vince sees as a star. Well, who's the best looking man on the WWE roster? Let's see. I'm going to pause in advance. Oh, you're, you're uh, breaking up there. So. It's probably Roman Reigns. I mean, I don't think we need to hear <laughs> She definitely said Roman Reigns. <laughs> Mansoor is pretty good looking. I wouldn't mind Mansoor. That guy can go. They're really wasting Mansoor. I really do think he reminds me of a young Eddie Guerrero. I love Mansoor. Ciampa would be a bold choice. Yes. Does not fit the male model archetype. No, but I like that. I like that they're kind of changing the game, you know? Unless he's modeling for John Deere. Maybe that's what they mean. I'm looking at this. Robert Rude? Dolph, maybe? I mean, I'm, I'm just, I don't know who. Maybe maybe it's a call-up. Maybe it's something yeah. new. I could see it being a call-up. Who are the young? I can't think of. Maybe it's Von Wagner. <laughs> Grayson Waller. <laughs> Grayson Waller is a very pretty man. I could, I could actually see it being Grayson. They're not really doing much with Grayson Waller. I know they're doing that feud now with Briggs and Jensen. I could see it being Grayson. Is Tony saying Finn Balor? Could you imagine if Finn Balor? No, it's not going to be Finn Balor. That Smash cut too. It's Finn huge Balor. Huge demotion for Finn. Uh, hey, everyone loves a handsome guy who smiles. <laughs> um, so tune in next week. The suspense they're building. How can you possibly miss SmackDown when you just are dying to know who Max Dupree's first signing is to Maximum Male Models? How can you possibly miss that or just learn about it on the internet? You have to be there live. You know, there was the moon landing. There was who shot JR. There was who shot Mr. Burns. The final match, the final cheers. And now, who is the first signing to Maximum Male Models 
the Max. I got it. I got it. I got it. I know who it's going to be. It's going to be the other Max MJF. That's what I got with this. That's a big payoff. Issa's staying very still right now. Yeah, she's, she's frozen because she's shocked that MJF is going to win that title and he's going to take it to SmackDown. Also, Adam Pierce. Why wouldn't WWE make his name Adam Fierce? That is a much better name. I think it's a little too pretentious for him. Adam Especially Fierce? Authority figure. I'm supposed to take instruction for somebody named Adam Fierce. Fierce is right in the name. Fierce is a good word. I feel like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm used to him being Adam Pierce. Why haven't they changed his name, by the way? That's his real name, right? Is it? Yes, Adam Pierce is he's been going by Adam Pierce forever on like the And he and, should just change it to Adam Pierce. Like that's even worse that he was he was yeah, Adam John Pierce. Like, dude, like you should have yeah. been Adam Fierce. That is that is like the ultimate early 2000s indie wrestler name. He could have the flame hair where it's like kind of red at the base, <laughs> and then he like reaches the tips up the higher you go. Oh, that'd be lit. Adam Fierce. Yes, it would be lit. Because it would look like his hair was on fire because he's fierce. Well, it will be Beyonce has Sasha Fierce as her alter ego. So Adam Fierce could just be his alter ego and he could throw it, put an album. Yes, he goes, now I'm Adam Pierce, but you're going to push me and I'm going to turn into Adam Fierce. <laughs> and uh, he could have uh, I'm says, Fear Adam Fierce. <laughs> None of the above for Issa. Issa, this isn't going to be your clip of the week. The Adam Fierce discussion. I'm about, I'm about to. I'm about to leave the studio. You guys put my Wi-Fi. You guys let my Wi-Fi malfunction. I don't know what's happening. Plus, <laughs> Lotharios uh, entered. Did the kiss cam? Humberto took on Jinder Mahal with Shanky. Shanky just can't stop dancing. Shanky's a man. Shanky is oh. growing on me. Better be careful, because Samantha Irvin, I believe, is dating Ricochet in real life, and Shanky's going to be Mister Steal Your Girl. There you go. Jinder won by the way so six-pack challenge tonight Aliyah locked in the locker room so we had natalia versus raquel rodriguez versus Shayna basil versus shotzi versus Ali, and uh ronda rousey was there and isa are you excited that natalia is now going to get a title shot against smackdown women's champion ronda rousey yeah i am i knew natalia was winning when she came out with that new with that new gear gave it away mm -hmm. right away I mean, they have a storyline. There were BFFs and Total Divas, remember? So we'll see where it happens. I was rooting for Shayna. I feel like that story is written for them already. Me too. But I don't know. I don't know that we'll get there for... I mean, they didn't even put it on Hell in a Cell, so I don't even know if this is going to be a throwaway match. I don't know that they'll extend it all the way to Money in the Bank. So we'll see when this match actually takes place. But I was rooting for Shayna Baszler, honestly. But overall, I'm not mad. I think Natalia and, and, and Ronda probably have really good chemistry and Natalia helped train Ronda Rousey. So this is going to be a good match. There are a couple of possibilities that I was kind of salivating at in terms of whether it was Shayna Baszler, whether it was Zia Lee, which I think could have had a stiff match with Ronda Rousey. Yeah. And with all due respect to Natalia, they already told this story. They already did this storyline during Ronda Rousey's first run where they're best friends who had these matches together. And we've seen it before. So I was kind of like anybody but Natalia would win this match because it would be a fresh matchup. But now they're doing this storyline with uh, Aaliyah being locked out of her locker room and she did the same to Shotzi. And I wonder if this is going to lead to a forbidden door match. It's going to be very exciting. <laughs> tornado is the new official. It's official. Um, hey, Tornado, here it comes. I need that Merce Tornado. I would have worn it on Dynamite. 
this was a good match though. I, I always like when they do these showcases for the women's roster. I mean, Natalia have a good match with the Ronda. They've wrestled before. It's always been oh, yeah. good. But we've liked to have seen maybe Shotzi or Zia get a shot. Um, that would have been cool. Uh, but Hey, if you thought it was over between happy Corbin and madcap Moss, Oh, we got a surprise for you, but Issa, the big news, the news that makes Issa's day. No, Issa's week. No, Issa's month, perhaps year, perhaps decade. Inspirational Lacey Evans will be back on SmackDown next week. They don't even know where to put her anymore. You know, she's on it, Raw, she's on SmackDown, she's everywhere. It's funny because them wanting to turn her heel is a crazy idea. But this would be the way to do it. Even though it's not on purpose, them saying, okay, she's on Raw, she's on SmackDown, she's going to debut this week, she's going to be here, and then she doesn't show. Like, that would be the way to turn a character like this heel if she's this empathetic and she's just has all these accolades. If you really want to get heel heat, you go full MJF and you have her no show, and then you put her on Raw and you put her on SmackDown, and it's just this trolling move where she never, ever wrestles. But there's all these announcements about how inspirational she is. Issa's just at a loss for words. She's so excited. She's already a heel with me. <laughs> Whoa, see? Roman, too. He hates her. But <laughs> uh, Happy Corbin defeated Madcap Moss by disqualification. Cool shot of Madcap Moss in the ambulance coming out of there. Uh, Moss beat up Corbin. And yeah, maybe he's not going to be the funny guy anymore. No, he's just Madcap now. And he even tried a joke on happy Corbin about his fedora and it bombed. So it's like, you got to let go of the jokes forever now. Like it's, it's time to be madcap. And I don't really think they know what madcap is. It's just, they put him <laughs> in black trunks. He looks like a young lion. He's got the black wrist tape, black boots, and he really doesn't have a character. So they're going to really need to find something about madcap that people can gravitate toward. Cause it's good that they dropped the comedy, but now he actually has to be a character instead of this kind of generic big guy. Yeah, and they put him in the pay-per-view, but not the IC title. Let's talk about that. Hey. Yeah, well, uh, next week, I'm pretty afraid that Ricochet is losing that IC title to Gunther. I oh, tend oh. to oh, he is. he's going to spring the upset. I just, like, I think the right move is Gunther, but here's me overthinking based on how bad WWE's booking is. I think he upsets Gunther, and I think they build to Gunther beating Ricochet. No. I got Ricochet. You heard it here first. Ricochet is winning that match. Okay. I have okay. Walter. Well, undisputed WWE championship uh, match for the tag team championships tonight. Shinsuke Nakamura and Riddle, a new new tag team, makeshift because both their partners are out with injury versus the champions, the Usos. Uh, Issa, what did you think of this match? Uh, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I was. I was getting my dog. Um. So I like the ending of the match. I don't think that Shinsuke Nakamura really got hurt. I think they did this on purpose just to make Riddle look like the ultimate underdog, which makes me mm. think that Riddle will be the next contender for Roman Reigns. It was a couple of times that even though I knew it wasn't going to happen, I couldn't help but to think to myself, "Is Riddle winning this?" Like you know, like he. They made him look so good. I. I am a victim of popping, thinking I was going to get to see my tribal chief. And I was so disappointed and yet proud of Sami Zayn for doing what he did. But man, the highlight of this entire main event was Riddle and how they made Riddle look. And I'm telling you, I think it's going to be Riddle against Roman Reigns, that money in the bank. 
Yeah, and it should be. It's the least they could do for him based on how he's really carrying this brand with Orton out, with Reigns out. It's really been the Riddle show. And even though they're beating him, I absolutely think it should be Riddle versus Reigns at Money in the Bank. And not only because Riddle is kind of surging as a babyface, I think that'd be good just based on how he's done in terms of becoming more of a top star. He's really gotten that rub from Randy Orton, and he doesn't seem like just a tag team guy. He really does seem like he's ready for a main event spot. And even a world championship, like, I don't think he's going to beat Roman Reigns, but sometime down the line, he needs to be on that short list of people who should be a world champion. Hmm. Well, the high point of this match was uh, the Tribal Chiefs music hit. And uh, you asked for Ice Cube, but you got Vanilla Ice because Sami Zayn <laughs> came out tonight, <laughs> which distracted Shinsuke and Riddle, allowing the Usos to get the win. And this really worked. I think Sami Zayn just because he's I can't believe more I, I fell for it. It's great, though. I mean, and I like the Sam. I like the bloodline embracing Sami Zayn. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I hope they hold on to this thing. I hope they don't just turn on him because you know that's where it's probably going to go is they're going to get mad and kick him out. But I want him to be an honorary oos for as long as they'll allow him. Sami Zayn is the sriracha hot sauce of WWE because he just works with everyone. Like yes. You just sprinkle him into the mix. And it's like, oh, it's actually pretty tasty. That actually works really well. I love that. And, and Riddle has those qualities too, where you're seeing the tag team with Thatcher. You had a great tag team with Pete Dunne, Randy Orton. And now I think even him and Shinsuke are doing a good job together. He has chemistry with everybody too. And that's a very valuable uh, thing to have in WWE. And I'm waiting for Big Oos, for not Big Oos, but the honorary Oos, Sami Zayn, to get the tribal tattoo. When are we going to get Sami Zayn showing up with all those tattoos on his arms and chest? You know it's coming. I can't wait, actually. <laughs> it's going to be so cringe. It's going to be fantastic. In a grass um, skirt, too. If he doesn't yeah, wear and a so, wig, we love yeah. <laughs> And so Riddle was getting into it with uh, the Usos after. Uh, yeah, good ending the show, but tough night, man. I mean, look, when you said CM Punk was going to address the AEW fans tonight, uh, between that still the unpredictability given what happened with MJF. I mean, this, and the fact that Rampage was live tonight for their second Southern California show ever, like SmackDown was the pre-show for Rampage tonight. Back in its time slot. Cannot give AEW just enough credit for the power position they're in this week in the uh, wrestling wars. Biggest television wrestling crowd of the year. Almost 15,000 people. And where were they? Where were they? God damn it. Okay. Inglewood. Inglewood, Hollywood, Inglewood. Los Angeles. <laughs> tornado is saying, uh, Alfred, the tornado merchandise will be available this Monday. Tornado hey, one week before the debut of the tornado, June 13th, we're getting that hot merch, baby. Man, who's more over than the tornado right now? Is MJF or the tornado more over? Seriously, I can't, I can't decide. So... Man, it's a hot night tonight. I look at like the live numbers are up, and I guarantee you no one's here for SmackDown tonight. No, no one in the chat was like, why aren't we talking about SmackDown? No, we're all here for CM Punk, MJF, and AEW. And this is the thing, man. It's like AEW, when it's great, is the best thing going. Very good. Like WWE still mm-hmm. has it, but man, sometimes those moments are fewer and farther between, you know? Yes, yes. Creatively, AEW, there's more people who are perceived as stars. There's more storylines that are, I think, are more gripping and are able to pay off over a long period of time. And and they have those in place right now. 
Yeah. Uh, so here's what I want you to do, our humongous live audience. Go follow Thunder Rosa and uh, retweet her tweet about her fundraiser. Also, while you're on Twitter, follow NYC Demon Diva. That's Diva with a one. Follow Alfred at This Is Nasty. And follow me. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. Today I said something funny on Twitter. And I was like, more people should be appreciating this. This is clever and timely. The rest of the time, it's just all pointless observations. Like the other day when I realized hot coffee, incredible. Ice cold coffee, incredible. Room temperature coffee, disgusting. I'm not much of a coffee person, but room temperature coffee sounds like trash. It's really, really horrible. It's the worst. Uh, Oh, hey, look at that. Dueling Isis. Oh, we got two Isis. How do we get so lucky? This is like one of those pictures, like, what's the difference? We have to point out all the differences. Like, there's a cat in the other picture. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But, hey, like hey everyone. Uh, tomorrow night, less than 24 hours, we're going to do this again for NXT TakeOver in your house. Join us then. Oh, what should I watch on TV tonight? That's the question. It's Friday. Have you, have you both checked out Obi-Wan yet on Disney Plus? No, I hear good things, but I hear the Star Wars fans are wilding right now. Yeah. I need, I need to go back and watch the original Star Wars again because I'm like, are they contradicting some things? Like, they're really pushing the boundaries of filling in the unaccounted for time with like what's plausible. It's good, but I mean, they're definitely pushing it. But no, we finished Stranger Things the other night. Are you guys Stranger, Fing Stranger Things fans? No, I never really got into it. I only gave it a couple of episodes, but maybe I need to go back and watch it because now people are talking. Me too. Season four. Yeah is the best season they've ever done. And they're actually explaining things like it's not just mystery. They're actually paying off some big stuff, uh, which is cool. But yeah, I just feel like there's so much to watch. I'll For me, the best it. thing going right now, we were talking about Fonzie is Barry. Barry is. Incredible. Oh yeah. Henry Winkler. Yeah. In there. He's great in it. Love Henry Winkler. Great. The, the last episode that they just had of Barry is the best episode that they've done. Really? Ever. I, I haven't watched in seasons one. I need to catch up on that. Oh, it's so. great, man. It's great. He's murking all kinds of people. Yes. Uh, there's the Sex Pistol series, Pistol, uh, directed by Danny Boyle on Hulu. Want to check that out this weekend. In preparation of that, last night I watched uh, Sid and Nancy, which I'd never seen before with Gary Oldman as Sid Vicious. Mm. And uh, it's kind of born out of my mind, but I think I'm going to finish it just to, just to get through. <laughs> oh, and The Boys. That's right. The Boys yes. are back on Amazon for season yeah, three. I just rewatched season two. It was lit and I can't wait for season three. It'll be great. Maybe I'll watch that tonight. Maybe we'll start on that. So have a good rest of your Friday night, everyone. Uh, Tornado Anthony, my pointing out the change is coming faster than Veer. Wow. That's fast. And we will be back tomorrow for NXT 2.0 in your house coverage. Until then, everybody take care. Have a good weekend. We'll catch you back here on the wrestling Inc podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.